Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm so happy to be here with you guys today because we're talking about something that I kind of like to talk about. <laughs> it probably seems like I love to talk about everything I talk about. Uh, but this is a topic that um, I think is wicked important um, and that maybe doesn't get discussed uh, in this particular way a lot. So I'm calling this sucker the ongoing process, the ongoing process. And how I want to talk about it is in relationship to, because this is my field of expertise or my field of like my stomping ground, my playground is in the, the world of spirituality and storytelling, right? As a writer, as a spiritual mentor, as somebody who has a many, many, many years of spiritual practice and tools, et cetera, under my belt. There's something I sometimes see where I think people feel like some version of this. It might seem like I'm being a little sassy and maybe I am, but it's like, you can see I got books all around me, right? If you're watching this, uh, this is a tiny, <laughs> tiny example of just all the books I have in my house, right? there. I love to read books. I love to gather information. I love to learn. So I am like a lifelong student. I will be continuing and probably into my last breath, I will be curious, and wanting to learn. Um, and something that I learned very early on in um, my years as a Course in Miracles student, as a student of A Course in Miracles, but also as a student of yoga, is that this is an ongoing process. It's not like we're ever like, oh yeah, I fucking mastered it all and I'm done, <laughs> right? It's why I'm so hesitant. It's so interesting. I'm so hesitant when people will say to me, oh, you're like a, a yoga master, right? I'm like, no, they're like, you're gonna do a master class. I'm like, well, uh, that word master, I think is so fascinating. And I think so often, especially when it comes to personal growth, spiritual work, spiritual transformation, uh, we a lot of times people get into this place I'm like, oh yeah, read all the books, right? That was my point. Read all the books, did all the courses, uh, listened to, oh, 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 when people come up to me and they're like, oh yeah, I did a course in miracles. I did the course. I'm like, oh really? How'd that work out for you? You just did it, did you? You just did it? You just like what? Read the, read the, because a lot of times people will say, I did it. And what they mean is, is that they, they didn't even read the text or the manual for teachers or the supplements. They just read, not even did but read the workbook lessons. And I said, you guys, there's a difference between actually just reading those suckers and applying them. And that's really the heartbeat of what I want to get to today is that we sometimes like to fool ourselves into thinking that we no longer have to do the maintenance on our spiritual work, our spiritual life, and our ego personality. And so often what I jokingly say about this work that I do is that it is um it is like ego personality rehab 
and spiritual reclamation, the reclaiming of the true self. And that is not a journey that uh, ever ends, you guys. It is something that is ongoing. It is something that, like I said, until our dying breath. And you know why? It's because as long as we are human, here in the illusion, here in the dream, having our life and all this stuff, as long as you are in relationships, and I don't mean just intimate relationships or sexual relationships, I mean relationships with your parents, your siblings, your cousins, your coworkers, your friends, whatever, whatever, as long as you are a person in this world, you are gonna be relating to yourself, to each other, to the world, to everything you interact with in the world, as long as you are human and alive in a body breathing and, and having stuff, then you are in an ongoing process of evolution of, and I would say of really just remembering and becoming more and more and more your true self. So this is a journey of depth. So often we think of the, the lifelong experience as being a journey of like, laying it out horizontally, having it being wide, having great breath. But I always like to think of the older that we get, the process that we use, we actually want to be going deeper, more vertical as you, I'm doing my little, uh, my little align with the divine thing, right? It's like, we want to be able to go deeper rather than just always going broader. And so like, I was thinking about it from a yoga perspective, right? So I mean, I have so many examples of this. Okay, number one, right? I'll come back to yoga. You would never just take your car in for one oil change and then just never go again because you're like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> I did that already. It's like, um, no, the damn thing needs ongoing maintenance. It needs ongoing maintenance to be able to keep working well, right? Let's say that you wanted to get your body into better uh, a better health situation. And that may or may not include you know, changing your diet, going to the gym, like whatever that might be, right? Drinking more water, getting more rest. You're not going to be like, oh yeah, on Tuesday, I got a good night's sleep. So like, I don't have to do that again. Oh yeah. I went to the gym once and I, uh, I got on the treadmill and I, you know, pumped a little iron. I lift a few weights, all set, all set. No, don't need to do that anymore. We would never do that with our physical body. Uh, I hope we will not do it with our emotional and mental uh, awareness in uh, bodies as well. Uh, those layers, those kosher layers, right? But we also can't just abandon the old spiritual self either, right? That's a really important thing. So like, I'll bring it back to um, yoga. So can you imagine if I had just like, uh, went and I took uh, a couple of yoga classes and I was like, oh yeah, I, that's great. I don't need to do anymore. Or I became a yoga teacher and I just did a 200 hour training and then just stopped and was like, yeah, all set. I mean, if I was going to continue to be, be call myself a teacher, there's a reason why we have things called continuing education because the journey is ongoing. It's not one and done. It is a continuous process. And it's exactly why I created The Nest, my spiritual community, which is a membership. And let's just talk about that word membership for a second. So, so often we think of things like, oh, it's just a membership. Like I pay my dues and like whatever. It's like, no, I mean, we have to use that word so that the public, right? The people who might be interested in joining the damn thing know, know what it is. Like, what is this thing? Is it just a free community? It's like, no, you got to get some skin in the, ga in the game. You invest in it because you're getting all this curated content and the spiritual toolkit, like modules and the group coaching calls and the guest 
teacher, like all the amazing things that happen in there. Um, so it's, but the reason why I created it is because I always jokingly say this being human is an ongoing problem. <laughs> this being human is an ongoing challenge. And I know it is because number one, I am one of them. I am a human. I'm a spiritual being having a very human experience, right? I am having the human being experience. Okay. As are all of you. And I can just say as the leader of a group, as a spiritual teacher, uh, just watching somebody who leads like retreats and like all this stuff, I'm in the business of, uh, for lack of a better word, spiritual problem solving, right? <laughs> of kind of watching people go through what this human experience is. And every day, like that great poem from Rumi, uh, the guest house, where he says, this being human is a guest house every day, a new arrival, right? Sometimes I, I'm not reading this, I'm doing it off the top of my head, but so it's like, you know, a great joy or a sadness, right? Some meanness, some shame, like all the shit just shows up at your door each day. As soon as you wake up in the morning, it's like, okay, life, now what's going to show up? And the goal isn't to just have like tool tools in our spiritual toolkit. I used to laugh sometimes uh, about people that I've known growing up. And I would say, yeah, they had two, they had two emotions, right? And I'm not talking about the Course in Miracles perspective of this. I'll get to that in a second. But I say, oh yeah, he has like two emotions, silence and anger. <laughs> and I'm like, we want to be able to express ourselves, right? We want to be able to express ourselves. We want to have more um more spiritual tools in the toolkit as life happens because otherwise if we do not have deep inner tools if we do not continue to grow and expand that toolkit then we end up going into the default modes of the patterns of our traumas and our dramas of our childhoods so so much of this work that we do in the nest it's an ongoing thing it is an ongoing membership it's cyclical. It's like an infinity loop. It, like I said, you know, sometimes there are programs or things that you join and it's for a set period of time, right? I mean, that's like in my one-to-one -one work, um, depending on what I'm doing, I, you know, in my, my thing that I do um, where I work with um, entrepreneurs or storytellers, people who are trying to speakers, whatever it is, writers who are trying to extract their stories. Like I didn't do that in a three month thing. But usually my one-to-one -one mentoring is like a six month or a 12 month um, commitment. But here's the thing, even those things come to an end. And what I realized is most people don't just come through a thing. And coaches, if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody who owns a gym, anybody who helps people with nutrition, anybody who like has stuff where it's like they're dealing with humans and their well being, their mental health, their bodies, their spiritual lives, right? There's not just like it just comes to an end and you no longer need it. And one of the things that I saw is people were coming out of the one-to-one -one intensive, up close, intimate, personal experiences. And at the end of it, they were like, oh, please don't go. They still wanted to have a way to continue working with me because here's the learning process and journey, you guys. We often have to learn stuff, right? So we take information in, we're consuming it, you know, I kind of like wrote these down as little notes to myself. So there's like the, cons the, 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 the consumption phase where we're reading books, we're watching things, we're doing the course, we're doing all that stuff and we're consuming and consuming and consuming. And of course we're learning during that time. And then we need that time to like contemplate. 
You know, like we take it in and then we need to be with it a little bit. And then it's helpful to have conversation. So the consumption we can often do on our own, that's really powerful if you're a self-learner or you're able to stay committed and uh, accountable to yourself. Most people need help with that, but some people are self-status, right? They start and finish well. But then that period of time where you have the contemplation where it's like, okay, I'm gonna sit in the silence, I'm gonna sit with myself, which that alone, that's one of the reasons why the nest exists because people have a hard time just getting still long enough their nervous systems don't allow them to regulate where they're comfortable being still so gathering some tools to help with that or to get help with what do i do when i'm a person who has a hard time sitting still i know i need prayer and meditation and contemplation in these things but i have a hard time another reason why the nest is like a good idea right but then that third one is like that conversation being able to talk to other people about what you're learning what's coming into the old noggin right um how you're making meaning of things how you're understanding things being able to communicate with other people in a collective community to say what do you think about this this is what i learned this is what came up for me this is what i felt or thought when i heard this when kk said this or like whatever the thing is right and then you have the act of co-creating together as a community and you also have the act of co-creating together with your source uh, with your spiritual team with your inner teacher with the god of your own understanding so this whole being human experience, right? Again, when we're learning stuff, that's really powerful and great. But most learning things, right, come to an end. It's like there's kindergarten and then all oh, this preschool, then there's kindergarten, then there's elementary school, and then there's middle school, then there's high school, then there's college. All these things have a time limit. It's like two years here, four years here, eight, whatever the thing is, right? And these learning in, in, in the institutions, they're timed. But our human learning, our spiritual learning, it continues to go on and on and on. It is an ongoing process. So what I was seeing is people were coming out of these one-to-one -one experiences where they learned a lot, they took a lot in, it was very intensive, and they started to practice some of these things. But most people need more time to implement stuff, to integrate stuff, so we move out of the theorizing we move out of the talking we move out of the intellectual and we allow things to drop down into the body we move from the head to the hat where we can start to integrate and embody the shit that we all just learned and this takes time and it's also wicked helpful to have somebody who's kind of leading and guiding and supporting. And sometimes that's one person, sometimes it's a group of people. And I just cannot stress it enough, right? I keep laughing and I think, well, what if I had just like learned like three yoga postures and then I was like, oh yeah, all set. Or I was somebody who, um, you know, practiced yoga and then just stopped. Here's the thing that I can tell you. And I know because uh, I've been a yoga teacher for 20 years and I had a studio for 10 of those years and I would see people come in wicked stiff, suffering in some form, whether it was physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, whatever. They would come in, they would get a dose of it, right? They'd come to class, they'd love class, um, their body would start to change. Like I have, I had one woman, I had a client one time when she first started doing yoga, she was 70. 
Okay. And over the course of a couple of years, I not only saw her physical mobility, mobility, flexibility, strength, and all these things, her posture, everything, her breathing, everything started to change, but so did she as a whole person. She became more compassionate. She became more calm. She became less anxious. She became more grounded and centered. She became more aware. She became more open-hearted, open-minded. She softened. She became more pliable. And that's a powerful thing. But what happens is if you just stop and people will stop doing what's good for them for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes they do it because all of a sudden they get happy. I see it a lot when people are unhappy, right? They start to do something. We've all done it. Who here has ever been in a relationship, right? Uh, you, you know, you used to go to the gym, you took really good care of yourself, whatever it was. I'm just using this. You used to go to dance or you used to go to yoga or martial arts, whatever you did to move your body. And then you start seeing somebody and you fall madly in love. And then sometimes both of you, depending on the couple, right? You'll start to like put on a little weight, you get a little happy, you start slacking off, start eating more, right? You start enjoying things a little more. And all of a sudden you're like five, 10, 15 pounds heavier. <laughs> Because what happens is we get distracted and sometimes we get distracted by really good things like love, but sometimes we get distracted by money, right? And it's like, oh, I can't afford this. And a lot of times with the, I can't afford things, this is not me, not, not, I'm not spiritually bypassing and saying that some people don't have to have um, strict budget and that things don't change and that financial disparity does not exist. I'm just saying in general, sometimes what will happen is the things that are really a necessity for our mental health, our well-being, um, our bodies, all of it, right? Our spiritual well-being. Sometimes when money gets tight, we start to look at those things as luxuries, as luxuries instead of necessities. So one of the things that I often used to see is that people would um, cut out yoga you know, they'd stop paying whatever it was at the time, the 10 bucks for, this is way back in the day, like the 10 bucks for the class or the 15 bucks for the class. Um, and cause they would be like, I can't afford it. But I knew that they were still going out drinking with their friends. So it wasn't always that they couldn't afford it. It's just that they didn't prioritize it. They didn't make that the priority. They made drinking and booze and partying or doing this shopping, whatever the thing was. So oftentimes the things that keep us really alive and grounded and in the hot space, right? In alignment with the divine, they're often the first things that fall to the wayside because we haven't um, placed the correct value on them yet. We haven't made those things a priority. And so one of the things I wanted to say too, is like, you know, that implementation and integration process, the ongoing process, it is something that just continues to take us deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's one of the gifts of the nest is that we've created a spiritual community and membership in space where we continue to go deep. We're not always just like, you know, going like broad a thousand miles an hour. It's about deepening the learning. So I have a, a four uh, step process. You guys have probably heard me talk about it before. Um, so the process itself is called your story to your glory. And I've been using this for many, 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 many years. And it's a four step process. 
And so the last part of that process, which is the living in your glory piece, right? A lot of times people think, oh, it's a four step process. So I just go boom, 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 one, two, three, four, KK, right? And then I'm done. Like I live in the glory all the time. And I just start laughing. I'm like, I don't know. Uh, you might be feeling like you're living in the glory right now, but go spend some time with your family and, uh, <laughs> and then report back and let me know how that went. And that's why I'm talking about this process is more, it's more like an infinity loop. It's an ongoing process rather than something that's linear. There's no one and done here. And um, I often think about like the great um, martial artists. Like I think about the Bruce Lee's of the world and it's like, it's not like they just stop, like they don't stop practicing the basics. You don't become a black belt and then just go, oh yeah, I'm all set with horse stance in this and this and this and this. No, what the smartest, greatest masters of anything know is that you continue, continue to deepen that practice. And I think about sweetie, he comes to mind. Do you think like he was just like, oh yeah, I got these, I, I know these three, four, five, six chords all set. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to practice and learn anymore. I feel like, are you out of your fucking mind? Right? So th those of us who do stuff really well, those of us who have made a commitment to excellence, what we know is that the more that we continue to practice, the more that we stay in the ongoing process, not only do we gain more and more mastery skills, but we learned how to start to save time. And my sweetie and I were talking about this the other day, as a matter of fact, as we were driving to the gym, we were talking about some of the older martial artists from back in the day. My sweetie loves Bruce Lee. And we were kind of talking about this. And he said, you know, some of the old guys, they have learned their craft so well. They have learned the moves, the positions, the strikes, the kicks, all the different stuff so well that if you were to see them fight, it almost seems like they're standing still while they're defending or blocking or attacking. And it's so smooth. And the movement is so efficient because they learned how to be masterful in the movements. And they didn't get that way. They didn't become experts, black belts, whatever you want to call it, because they stopped practicing, because they stopped implementing and integrating. And that is just a ruse. That is a trick of the ego mind where it starts to tell you, oh yeah, I read that book. I learned everything that there is to learn here. Because the other part of it is, the other part of the ongoing process is, we're not just in it for ourselves. In A Course in Miracles, there's a beautiful line that says, to teach is to demonstrate. To teach is to demonstrate. And in every moment, we are demonstrating to each other by our thoughts, which become words and actions and behaviors, right? Patterns, right? Think, just think about what's been passed down in your own family, okay? When we think about these things, it's like when we're, we're, everything that we're doing is what I'm trying to say. Every thought that becomes a word, action, speech, whatever in our life, we are demonstrating who we are, what we believe, what our choices are. And in A Course in Miracles, we would say, there's just the two emotions, love and fear. There's just the two teachers, 
right? Ego, which is the connection to fear and spirit, which is the connection to love. And in every single moment, we are choosing one of those and we are demonstrating it. So we are teaching people around us, especially as parents. If you have children, they are watching you. In every single moment, we are demonstrating our level of mastery to be able to show up as the people, not only that we want to be, but who we truly are. And if we do not make the commitment to the ongoing process of not so much becoming something, because so much of spiritual work is not actually about becoming something, it's about removing all the layers and the blocks and the barriers and the bullshit and the stories that keep you stuck, that keep you blinded, that keep you separate from your true self. So it's not about becoming nicer, becoming gooder. I know that's not a real word, becoming better. It's about not being the damn thing that you are. In fact, I often say it like, you know, um, how do you know? How do you know that you're making spiritual progress, right? Because in my, my four-step process, your story to your glory, in the beginning where you're going to have all these stories about your life, right? And it's like, this is where I am. And it's like, in order to get to that glory place, people will often say to me, well, so you, you often talk about the glory, the live in your glory step, that's step four, KK. Like you talk about like kind of stepping into what I call the fearless flow. And they'll say, so does that mean I'm going to become fearless? And I'm like, no, but it does mean that you will start to fear less. You might perhaps start to fear less. My hope, would it be amazing if, if, if in this lifetime we could come to a place where we knew ourselves so well as children of God? I got my t-shirt on. If we stop playing dumb, right? If we stop playing dumb about the truth of ourselves and we recognize ourselves as, as, as extensions of the divine, you know, that beautiful quote from A Course in Miracles that says, if you knew who walks beside you on this way that you have chosen, fear would be impossible. That is a really um, high goal, right? That is a really high aim to get to that place, to just truly know that so that you move through the world with nothing to attack, defend, or prove. You move through the world in a fearless state. That hasn't happened for me yet, but I am constantly in the ongoing process of knowing more and more and more who I really am and to whom I truly belong. But my point being is when people say to me, do I get to the place, the fearless flow, is that what I said? Well, part of being in the fearless flow, right, is coming to the place where you, um, it's not so much again about never being fearless or not of becoming fearless. How you know you're making spiritual progress is how quickly you recognize that you've taken a detour into fear how quickly you recognize oh shit i'm being wicked judgmental right now oh my god i'm being you know ken wapnick who's an incredible teacher of a course in miracles i often say he's like the, a savant of a course in miracles he used to say that it's not about becoming kind because who and what you truly are is love it is kindness that's that's your natural state that's who you really are this work the ongoing process work is about being vigilant for when you are unkind. That's part of the work. And so we don't just get to read the book or read chapter one and say, I'm all done. I don't need to keep doing this work. 
And I know sometimes it can feel like, oh my fucking God, does it never end? It's like, of course, of course we have times where we get to maybe put the books away and just be where we get to journal and reflect and contemplate going back to those things, right? Where we consume and we contemplate, we conversate and communicate, and then we co-create. So we have those, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, the, the process is ongoing. So there are going to be times like, like right now in the nest in August, we have an implementation month. And what this does is we, you know, we have less calls. It gives people a chance to just kind of spread their wings, right? Spread their tail feathers, catch their breath, start to integrate things. And if they're a little behind on something, or if they want to go deeper into one of the modules, like they can do that because I've been doing this long enough to know is that we can't always be in just consumption mode. It's why the nest is laid out perfectly. Like the way that the weeks go is like the first week we consume a module. The second week we talk about it. The third week we either have a guest teacher or a Q and a, right. And then we, so there's, there's a, a flow to it is what I'm trying to say, because I understand you know, how people best integrate and implement and learn is to give them opportunities to do it on their own, to come together as a group, because there's power in the collective wisdom. And then to also give them a chance to ask questions. How does this apply to me, KK? That's why we have plenty of time for people to meet on the group calls and to ask me questions, to get their, their own personal questions. It's like group coaching at a wicked cheap price. <laughs> so it's like a really, really, really powerful thing. And so one of the things I wanna say is that, you know, when we're doing stuff, when we're trying to better ourselves, you know, I just wrote this note down because here's the thing, is that um, just because somebody reaches a high level of mastery, just because somebody reaches, right? Like I said, take any, any system or structure. So in this case, right, your story to your glory and people are like, oh, I'm, I'm on stage four, your glory, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and people would say to me, I would always say like, look, just because you may maybe get to a high level in one area of your life or one particular relationship, that's why I always jokingly say, oh, you think you got this shit figured out? Go hang out with your button pushes, go hang out with your family and then, and then report back and tell me how that went. That's how we know it's an ongoing thing because this being human is an ongoing process and an ongoing problem and an ongoing opportunity and an ongoing challenge, right? So just because even if somebody does reach a high level, it doesn't mean that they can maintain at that high level. We often need help. We often need help in our practice. We often need support in our practice. We also want other like-minded people or people at least who are trying to also grow themselves and expand themselves and to heal themselves, right? Because true mastery actually comes from going deeper and deeper and deeper into whatever it is that we're learning. And the more deep that you go, the deeper that you go, the more benefit you're gonna get. Just think about this. It goes back to the martial artists, the masters who are able to be so incredibly efficient in what they're doing because it's so embodied. They've become it. They've started to become it. So they save themselves time. 
in their movements. Literally, they save themselves energy. They save themselves violence. They save themselves suffering. And this is also what a great mentor does. This is also what a great leader of a community does, is they give you the tools that you need. And in my case, in this case, the spiritual tools to save you time. I always say my, 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 my greatest hope is to save people time, energy, and suffering <laughs> to keep you from having to go through the shit, right? And sometimes, yeah, there's always going to be those lessons where we have to learn the hard way. We got to learn for ourselves. And I know because I'm that way. I can be a little thick headed. It's like, oh, thanks for telling me that. I'm still going to do this. And you might have been right, <laughs> right? And yes, uh, I had to take the long way because sometimes that's how I learn. But I super duper appreciate it when somebody gives me tools that allows me to shorten the amount of time that I'm gonna be playing victim or telling bullshit stories or whining and complaining and feeling sorry for myself. Like when I got tools that gave me um, wicked smart opportunities to realize that my suffering uh, in many ways was a choice, my happiness in many ways was a choice, right? So even though i know all this stuff i know a ton of stuff sure there's a ton of shit i do not know but there's a lot that i do know but just because i know it doesn't mean that i'm always um flawless in executing it and what that tells me is is because i need to continue practicing it and i'm sharing all of this with you in case there's something in your life where you feel like you've been maybe doing it half-assed, or maybe you haven't quite committed to it. Maybe you just think like, oh yeah, I did that. You ever hear somebody say, oh yeah, I read that, I did that. I know so many people who consume books and especially self-help books, oh dear Lord, help us all. Self-help books where they just blow through them. They're like, read that, read that, read that, read that, read that, read that. And some part of me will sometimes be, and I get it. This is not me judging. I'm just saying I notice. I can't help it. I am in the noticing business and be like, well, you might have read that book, but I don't see you applying it, right? Same thing to myself. I might have read the book and highlighted the book and made notes in the book, but until I start to practice that shit, until I start to put it into play, until I start to have my own firsthand, true blue, real deal, holy field experience of that information, then it's just fucking information. I haven't become intimate with it yet. And it's one of the gifts. And yeah, I'm talking a lot about the nest on this call and I'm gonna tell you why in a second. But here's the thing. I sit here and I look out on the world because part of a spiritual teacher's job is to pay attention to not only what's going on in their own world, because that's really the only thing we can ever be a quote unquote master of is our own knowing our own inner experience. That's the, that, that's the playground, right? Like this is the, the actual classroom is right here. The experimentation lab is right here inside. But also our job is to, to look at our flock, right? To look at the people who, who work with us, the people we are in relationship to, and, and also to look at the greater world. We don't just look at this tiny, we, we start with our own corner of the garden, and then we look out at all the acres, you know what I'm saying? So part of our job is to be paying attention to kind of what's happening in the greater consciousness. And so what I often see is a lot of people uh, um, could really benefit, could really benefit from getting help, from getting support, for having a community of people who are doing 
this kind of personal and spiritual work in an ongoing way. In an ongoing way. I'm not saying at a fast-paced, exhausted way, but in an ongoing way. And I can just say also from you know, being in the nest and um, I'm not going to share any personal stories in terms of like naming names or whatever, um, because what's, you know, shared in the nest stays in the nest. But I can just tell you that on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis, it always just strikes me how unguaranteed life is, how surprising and at times devastating life can be how life is just continually ongoing and how things, all kinds of things, good things, difficult things, bad things. And when I say bad, I don't mean like, I'm talking about like, you know, deaths and divorces and disappointments and tragedies and traumas. It's constantly, constantly here in this world. All you have to do is take a look around, take a look around. And if you're somebody who can tell me, oh, I don't know a single person who's having a hard time right now or struggling right now or suffering right now, I I would like to meet you because I think you would be like um, a fucking total real life unicorn because I can take a look around and and that's one of the great things that I can say is that, you know, the people who are in the nest, who really do it, who really participate, who are really showing up in the community, who come on to the calls. You know, there's a reason why they say in 12-step programs, it works if you work it. It's one thing I can say with 100% confidence that I know about the nest, it works if you work it. And so the people who are working it, one of the things that they have, they say it all the time, is that they have incredible gratitude for having a safe place where they can do this kind of work. And whether you decide to at some point join the nest or not, I hope each of you has a safe place. And that might be your yoga studio. It might be your Bible study group. It might be your church. It might be your mosque. It might be your meditation center. I don't know. Wherever you gather with people where you feel seen and you feel heard. And that's one of the things that I really wanted to create with the nest. I wanted to create a safe, inclusive place where everybody was welcome whether you come from a religion or no religion, whether you believe in God or you don't even know what you believe anymore, but you're trying to figure it out. You want to have a deeper connection to yourself. You want to have a deeper connection to um, source, whatever you happen to call it. You want to have a deeper connection to spirit. You want to trust yourself more, have more intuition and all this stuff, right? Want to be able to move through the world with the capacity and the tools to choose love instead of always reacting out of a place of fear. And one of the reasons why I wanted to create the nest is because I know how alone so many people feel right now. They feel lonely. They feel alone. They feel disconnected. A lot of people feel numb. And so many people do not feel seen. They do not feel heard. They do not feel like they matter. And it, it breaks my heart. Like it just, it just makes me go like, oh, like my whole chest wants to concave, like, oh knowing how many people out there could really use a safe place, a true community where people look out for each other, they support you, they challenge you, they invite you into the growth process. Because, you know, people will say to me like, so, oh, do you hold us accountable? And I always say, no, I'm not your mother, I'm not your boss, and I'm not your babysitter. But I can create an environment where you holding yourself accountable becomes possible. I can create an environment where you can learn and grow and expand and surprise yourself. 
I really can create a safe place where we can talk about difficult things, right? And I always say, this isn't therapy. It's not therapy. I am not a therapist. I am a certified spiritual mentor, but I am not a psychotherapist. So I say, this isn't therapy, but it is a place for you to become an empowered and, and um, proactive part, an empowered person and a proactive part of your own healing. Because the other thing that I do is I continue to do my work. Like I said, I am a lifelong student and I am constantly learning. I am constantly reading. I am constantly applying and investing in myself. I invest so much in continuing education, not because I don't think I already know enough, but often I get really interested. And so um, I'm really interested in learning more and more and more about trauma right now. So I've continued to invest in working. Like I read a lot of books on it. Uh, I worked with amazing people like Linda Tai, who was on my podcast. If you've not listened to that episode with Linda Tai, who's a somatic and traumatic therapist, go listen to it. So I studied with her. I took two, um, it was either 10 week or 12 week courses with her. Um, I love the work of Bessel van der Kolk. I love the work of Mator, uh, Gabor Mate, who I'm doing a lot of studying underneath right now, like watching and listening and learning because I want to continue to expand and grow my own spiritual toolkit, because that is the, the wellspring. That is the well that I feed my people from and serve my people from. So the teacher doesn't get to stop. The leader doesn't get to stop. We don't sit on the throne. First of all, I don't have a throne. You know what I'm saying though, metaphorically. We don't just sit on the throne and say like, I've got it all figured out. Like I'm the fucking resident guru. That's not how it works. But I do always continue to try to expand my heart, expand my mind, expand my knowledge, expand my expertise, expand my, because here's the thing. So many people think, so many people think, oh, I've done that before. Just because you lost a hundred pounds doesn't mean that you can coach other people how to do it. You know how to tell you to lose a hundred pounds, but in order to help other people, you might have to know about trauma. You might have to know about nutrition. You might have to know about water weight. You might have to know about working out. You might have to know about calorie deficit and reverse dieting and like a thousand other things because not everything that just works for you is going to cut it for everybody. It's not like you have one meal plan and you go, here you go. So if we're going to lead groups of people, hopefully we have lots of different tools. Hey, this doesn't appeal to you. This doesn't work. Let's try this. So it's not just about like recopying and pasting exactly what worked for you. What I can do is say, this is what I tried. This is what I found effective. This is what I found helpful. And because I have studied in a lineage way, meaning there is time, there is history, there is commitment, there is many, many years. You know, 30 plus years as a Course in Miracles student, oh, 25 years as a, as a yoga student and 20 years as a yoga teacher, long time, like almost 20 years um, practitioner of um, passage meditation, right? I put in the hours, people. <laughs> I put in the time and the hours. Uh, and I've invested because I know that this is all an ongoing process. And so that's what I just wanted to say to you guys. And I'm telling you all of this too. And I've, I've talked about, um, I've talked about this whole thing about, about creating the nest, because what's happening is, is by the time you guys hear this, I just want you to know that I'm doing a secret squirrel. I'm doing a secret squirrel <laughs> flash sale 
Um, but only the people who are on the waiting list for the nest are going to get the links to like come in and join and stuff like that. Because um, the nest is going to be opening up to the public to everybody in September. But at that point, the price is going to be going up to 99 a month or 999 a year. But if you get on the wait list for the nest, like right now, you'll have the opportunity to join the nest at the current price of either 59 a month or 599 for the year. Um, and this is the last time that the nest is ever going to be this price. Over the past year, I, I already was confident in the work. I was already confident in the four-step process, your story to your glory. I was confident about the content, the course. It's basically a built-in course that you kind of get in, in a way for, when I say for free, I mean like, you know, that's going to be a stand, that's a standalone thing that other people are going to have to, you know, pay like 500 bucks for. So that's built in the group coaching, like all this stuff that like comes in this thing. Um, this is the last time you're going to be able to get it for, for, for the lower price. Uh, it's only going to be for two days. It's August 16th. It's Monday, August 16th and Tuesday, August 17th flash sale, 48 hours. The doors are going to open and then shut again, 48 hours later. Um, and on the 17th, also that Tuesday, I'll be doing a live Q and a on zoom. So if you're like, is this right for me, KK? What's the time commitment? How does this work? What if I want to do this? How is it? Right? All the questions, you can just bring them. <laughs> so on Tuesday, August 17th at 7 p.m. But again, if you're not on the waiting list, you're not going to get the link to join the call. So this is something that I'm kind of doing behind the scenes. I'm not sending um, only the people on the waiting list are going to get the email. So my regular list, if you're on my regular list, that's not enough. You still have to get on the waiting list. Um, for the nest and you can do that by simply going to karenkenny.com slash nest and you'll see right at the top there it'll say join the wait list you just hit that button get your ass on there and then you'll go into the sequence of getting the emails that are giving you all the information that's going to let you in for the super secret squirrel sale <laughs> you say that five times fast super secret squirrel sale um, and i would love to have you join us so if you've been thinking about it if you've been wanting to work with me in some way, but maybe you're not ready or can't afford or whatever the reason is, like a, a more in-depth, like meaning a one-to-one -one private individualized um, package, this is an incredible way to not only get my wisdom, but to get the incredible wisdom of the guest teachers. And I'm telling you in September, in September, there's gonna be some amazing additions to the nest. I am so jazzed about what's going to be happening and the people who sign up now are going to get it on the cheap and the people who are going to get it later they'll be paying the fair price in fact they'll still i still think it's going to be an underpayment because of the value and just the amazing shit that happens in this group but just be a smarty pants if it's been calling to your hat if it's peach your curiosity if you've been wanting to do it but you've been on the fence and you're like i don't know here's what i will say to you you guys <sighs> I'm willing to take a bet on you. I am willing to take a bet on you. I am invested in you. When people come into my world, it is like balcony people status, cheerleading, supporting, mentoring, all that stuff. But I can't be more willing to take a, a chance on you and to invest in you than you are. But I just wanna encourage you. There's no better investment that you can make in this world than in yourself. There's no better investment that you can make in. 
then yourself and especially your personal work and spiritual work growth. That kind of transformational work, it is, I'm just going to say it, it is fucking priceless because it is the gift that keeps on giving. The spiritual tools that you put in your toolkit make all areas of your life better. Whether you're a parent, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a writer or creative, whether you're just, when I say just an employee, I mean like you're an employee, but you have your hobbies and the things that light you up on the side, whether you're somebody who wants to connect more deeply spiritual, whatever the thing is, the work that we do in the nest, the spiritual tools that you gather and implement and integrate, they affect your whole life. They affect all your relationships. And they are tools that you take with you. They are the gift that keeps on giving. So that's my little spiel for you. Uh, almost now, I try not to make uh, the podcast like these big sales fests, but I would be stupid. It, it, it would be it would be idiotic of me. And I always think of it like this. One of my mentors once said to me, "You know, don't be afraid to tell people." what you're working on, what you're offering, what you have that can help them. Because I'll tell you this, and he asked me this question. He said, let me ask you something. He's like, if you had a problem and you knew the guy down the street had a solution or had something that could help you and he didn't tell you about it, how would you feel about that? I'm like, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, why did you tell me I needed the damn thing? He's like, exactly. So here I am letting you know about the nest. Because the other thing is, and I told this story the other day, I'll make it quick. Here's something that happened to me once. Um, those of you who may or may not know, I am a huge fan of Stephen King. I have been a fan of him and his books since I was a little kid, like 12 years old and on when I first discovered him. And he's changed my life. And I always say, you gotta, you gotta read my memoir when it comes out to hear the whole Stephen King saga and story. But I will say this, when I was a sophomore in college at BU, Boston University, he came to the school to speak. And I didn't find out until like too late. And so by the time I went to go get a ticket, it was sold out and I was devastated. I was crushed. I like just basically walked around mumbling to myself. I wish I had known. I wish I had known. I wish I had known. And I, I hated that feeling. I hated that feeling. And you guys know me, I'm wicked transparent. I'm not into creating false scarcity. I'm not into trying to fear people into buying shit. Here's what I do though know, do know though, I hated missing out on the thing that I really, really wanted, needed, desired. Most of the shit that happens and people are like, oh, this is happening. I'm like, I don't care. I don't really have a fear of missing out about like 90% of things. But every once in a while, there might be an event or an artist or a book or whatever the thing is. In fact, my new Stephen King book came What's today, Wednesday? I think it came on Monday. It either came on Monday. No, yesterday. I think it came in the mail yesterday, the latest Stephen King book. Oh my God, Jesus Christ. It's sitting on my kitchen table. I'm so excited. <laughs> but here's my point. I hated that feeling of knowing there was this thing that I deeply uh, wanted. I, I don't know if I necessarily, oh, I don't know, maybe I did need it. I really need it. I wanted to see him speak so bad. But the story ends even better. Again, you're going to have to read the book when it comes out. But here's the thing. I don't want you to have that feeling. I don't want you to like, whatever it is on the 18th to go, oh, I really wanted to join and now I'm gonna have to wait till September and pay the higher price. It's like, don't do that to yourself, people, don't do it. So this is me letting you know upfront and advance.
because um, I want you to get the lower rate. I want you to make this investment in yourself. Uh, and here's the beautiful thing. When you come in at that rate, unless again, like you leave, right? But once you sign up at that price point, that stays the price point. All the cool stuff that I add, all the cool guest teaches, all the things that might happen in the future, you guys get it kind of like built in because you made the leap of faith. And Margaret Shepard has a beautiful quote that I love where she said, um, she's a writer and a calligrapher. How would I say that? Calligrapher? Callig she's a lady that does calligraphy. She teaches calligraphy. She's like famous. She's from Boston. Um, and uh, she has a quote that says, sometimes your only, your only available transportation is a leap of faith. Sometimes your only available transportation is a leap of faith. So I would love for you to take a leap of faith into the nest. If you have any questions at all, you can find me online. I'm just at Karen Kenny Live, L-I-V-E. You can send me a DM. You can send me an email, Karen at KarenKenny.com. <laughs> you can go on my website. There's a little chat box. It will say, you got a question, like go to my contact. There's a thousand ways to contact me, okay? If you have any questions about the nest. But you can also just get your ass on the wait list and come to the live Q&A on the 17th and I will happily answer it for you. So you guys, I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope you know that it's wicked normal, that it's an ongoing process. This thing of life, this being human, right? This, um, this act of growth and change and transformation, it's an ongoing process. Just like how, you know, the acorn becomes the tree and the tree every year loses its leaves and it goes into this cycle. Our human journey is cyclical, just like my four-step process, just like that infinity symbol that it rides on. It's an ongoing process of really just, when I say becoming, it's like really letting go of all the things that we're not so that who we are, that light of the world that we are, the love that we truly are can shine through. So you guys, I hope this is helpful to you in some way. Um, wherever you go, I'm going to keep, I'm just going to wrap this sucker up. Wherever you go, please leave the people, the place, the animals, the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.